0: Brockton is proud to be the city of champions with a rich sports history Brockton is the hometown of boxing greats Rocky Marciano and marvelous Marvin Hagler the city's athletic legacy continues with the success of Brockton high school sports teams known for athletic excellence and good sportsmanship the BHS athletic program was selected as the number one athletic program in Massachusetts by Sports Illustrated the school's Brockton boxers have been a longtime powerhouse in high school football In fact, the BHS football program has been regarded as one of the most storied, successful, and dominant high school football programs of all time. The BHS boys soccer team recently won their first state championship in 2017, leading them to be ranked 7th on USA Today's list of top high school soccer teams across the country. These are just some of the many reasons why Brockton is the city of champions.
1: The mean is so blatant, Can tell that they hatin' Wanna see me forward too bad. I be waiting. I come from a place you have yet to see. Walk around and turn boss on the place on me. I don't wish no bad on my enemies. But cross the line and it's one one three. Slicing heads like a horror scene. Working them chasing each time I go hard, it's so offset the hate. Who slime me, they slithering the right now. Here's the shape. Your applause your respect, I'ma take. I'm far from a rookie they trolling they looking feeling froggy. No what my killing. Don't push me. How you gon' come for me? Stay at the top of my game, hey, can't fuck with me. You know when it comes to the game, we don't move the same. I'm who you wanna be. Each and every day, never miss a beat, nah, no, I made you gone Regret the day you ever stepped to me, Better respect the queen <clears throat> Everyone's a boss, everyone's in charge Everyone got stacks upon stacks of them green and golden balls Placed
2: neatly in the back of their closet, stacked up they for a while Be around the prettiest dishes you've seen and you'd ever call yeah. Can't pay for features or models, can't even pay for calls Wanna talk about
1: running the city, but can't even run the mall.
0: the worst snowfall in its history a raging blizzard that came in on winds of up to 100 miles an hour bringing death and destruction to the whole region
3: declaration what we believe is happening carl is that the president is likely to invoke the stafford act here that's a uh, procedure that was initially started back in the 1970s to deal with national disasters and it unlocks funding from the federal government for fema to respond in localities that have been
0: hardest hit in this case the possibility is that you're looking at a national uh, declaration declaration ordered the u.s army to go in and do whatever it could to help a report from providence story
4: centers on the state of emergency declared this morning in buffalo new
0: center's mike heinous <laughs> explains groups from across massachusetts uh were in places like this they ordered about two dozen buses and then they left from your Springfield brain and here in Melbourne. The winds will increase
3: to 50 miles per hour tonight and continue to Alright, alright! Is everyone here? Ants? Yes, sir! Roaches? Yeah, what of it? Rodents? Let's get this cheese! Alright, come on everyone! Settle
5: down! Settle down, please! Look, we all know why we're here. We'll be eating like queens
3: when we're through with this. That pantry's finally ours! Nobody can stop us now! Charge!
4: No! No, there's
3: no way! It can't be! It's... It's Old Colony!
0: Old Colony Pest Control. Veteran-owned, Massachusetts, Rhode Island-based operation with everything you could dream of for your pest needs. Equipped with top-of-the-line gear to guarantee your home is protected and staying healthy. Phone number is 774 5993 Give them a call for the backup you need. Tell them that General Red Revere sent you. They handle anything from ants, roaches, ticks, mosquitoes, rats, and more. No wildlife or termites at this time.
1: Hey, hey, watch it, buddy. We're marching. We're marching.
0: I'm here at the scene of tomorrow's shooting, where a 15-year-old will kill four children, two adults, and then turn the gun on himself. When the shooting starts happening tomorrow, first I'll probably just think it's firecrackers or a car backfiring or something.
4: He told some of us that his dad kept a gun in his closet, and he always talked about using it on, you know, the people that bullied him. Tomorrow, I'll probably say that I wish i told someone.
2: You know, after the shooting, we're going to feel pretty bad about picking on him, but Until then, we'll probably just keep doing it because he's pretty weird.
0: Uh, Tomorrow, I'll probably point out that something has seemed off with him since the beginning of the school year. And I'm now joined by the officers who will be the first responders tomorrow. What additional details can you share with us? Well, someone is expected to tell us after the shooting that the shooter has been posting on social media about doing this for weeks. So how will you explain the shooting to your daughter? Actually, I won't get to explain it to her because she won't make it. This is Christine Lynn reporting from the scene of another shooting we'll say we never saw coming.
4: This is Bianca Marie,
2: and you're listening to Hoobazoo.com.
0: The truth is, these kids need discipline. You know, I really believe they they want to be pushed
3: to the limit. And then good stuff happens. Army! Like,
0: Army! What the hell? Okay, make way. Clear out! This is heat exhaustion. I'm going to cool down his core. Take his pants off. Hey, you
3: really don't need to film this, all right? Where are you going to put that rod? Yeah. Hold his leg up. Stand Turn back. What you... Oh, oh, oh! oh. oh. I said, don't film this. Get away from it. Move out of the way. Be alright, son. Good. Good.
5: Good. Everything okay? Are you alright? So, am I gonna slip? What? What's-
0: oh. Whoa! Okay, we got another one. Take his pants off. I'm gonna have to cool down his car.
3: Hey, he looks pretty bad. You might want to use two of those. Don't gotcha. you? Oh. Back away? You're filming this, right? No, this is
4: bad. Don't go. Oh! <laughs> Lucky bastard.
0: Can you dig it?
3: Can you dig it? Can
2: you dig it? <laughs>
3: Endless. Yes, The proof.
0: Alright, it's your boy Sinners so One broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are watching the booth. And it
3: is it is a crazy day today. First of all, happy birthday to my oldest, my firstborn, Tyreek Hayes, 26 years old. Happy birthday to you. Thank you to everybody who's given them happy birthday shouts. Uh, big thank to my guest last week, Cam Igo, musician who was on last week. This week. I've got a special guest. She's up in the left-hand side. Before I introduce her, I'm going to get into my sponsors. And also, one week early tonight, Kenneth Diesenhoff and R-Squared are going to be on here tonight. Robert Resnick. We are going to break down. Man, we're going to really talk about this one. So, first of all, my sponsors, Michael Douglas, Bredo MDB Electronics. If you have a controller that needs to be fixed, get it out there. Get it to them. It's back in 24 48 hours. Uh, my artist, Viana Marie streaming everywhere just dropped a new video and uh let's roll with hillary banks make sure to check out that single everywhere and then i'll be making an announcement later in the show about the music video shoot that's coming up in july on the 27th also tactical target systems another sponsor gives me those zombie targets when i go to the range our t-shirt winner felicia damon who was uh, watching the show and was able to win herself a shirt, courtesy of I Love Boston Sports. Old Colony Pest Control, Carbonell, Veteran-Owned, Residential Commercial, 774 5993 We support veterans here and their businesses. Check them out. And in the news booth, let's get into my first guest here. As you can see, the flyer's up there, June 30th, 7.30 p.m., at the Churchwood Gallery in North Attleboro. And then July 22nd, she will be at the Middle East, the legendary Middle East nightclub located in Cambridge, Mass. As you guys can see, she's ready to go. Up there in the left-hand corner, Arabian Queen. What's going on, girl? I
0: hey
4: hey how you doing
3: (laughs) not bad not bad not bad we on here we talking about what's going on with these two shows now you've got this big show coming up artists on the rise tomorrow night north attleboro brian katie welch production on the 30th let's talk about that one first
4: yes so that's gonna be going on out there in um north attleboro viana marie was actually the one that um told me about this performance and she definitely wanted me to get on there so I was like okay I'm up on there ready to go so I've been nothing but practicing rehearsing and everything so definitely definitely if you're in that area or somewhere near that area definitely want to pop out and come meet with me definitely a meet and greet going to be going on and everything like that we definitely vibe out with AQ in the building <laughs>
3: And you, you, you got you got you got this other event coming up also on the twenty second, uh which is yes. Pillsbury because again Viana Marie, I got forgot to tell everybody my actually my Viana Marie, she's actually hosting this event on June thirtieth, so Sinister One will be in the building that night on June thirtieth, also July twenty second. Pillsbury, I gotta give a shout out to my man Pillsbury, who's putting on this event at the Middle East. You will be there, talk about that event and what you got going on there.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be the same thing. All good vibes, ready to turn up. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Cambridge. If you in that area, or around that area, definitely come out and check out Rabian Queen. Um, you know, definitely a meet and greet for sure. Definitely be, you know, vibing, networking, the whole nine. So definitely get down for your girl, Rabian Queen. <laughs>
3: And we're going to hold it down. We'll see you there tomorrow night. But let's before we talk about this video that you just dropped, let's talk about you, your music, and and being a mom and holding this all down. Let's talk about that.
4: Yeah, so I just released the music video um, a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, about um, for the song Faithful. Um, So that's out all over YouTube and everything like that. So definitely want to check that out. Uh, you can search me up Arabian queen. It's in one word, um, you know, and doing this as a single mom, it'd really be hard. You know what I mean? You know, very little to no help. It's like it'd be rough, but I I make it through like somehow I just I'm constantly motivated. I work full time, you know what I mean? At my day job and then, you know, music and modeling and everything like that. That's my my other job, my other career. I'm going to pursue, pursue big like I got big dreams, big goals I'm going after.
3: And you've been you've been grinding. You've been steady grinding. I saw you with rapper Millie's, who's been all over the place. He, his his new release was at the top of the charts on iTunes, and this man was at front and center at the Celtics games. And yeah. um, you was up there posting up pictures with you and him. You've been doing all these video shoots with all these artists around the area. What has it been like, you know, trying to balance? All this because you, you know you talked about being a single mom and, and you know you try to do, but it's got to be hard. I mean, because you gotta you gotta kind of set the tone for your kids. Now you ha- you have four kids.
4: Yes, w- I got you four have? kids. Yep, so it's three boys, one girl.
3: Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. is she the oldest? Where does she fall in that mix? So
4: the oldest is my first boy. My okay. daughter is my third. So. She.
3: Oh, uh, so she gonna have. Two like, it big doesn't brothers. change
4: nothing. Even if the if one of my sons is the youngest, it don't change nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> even him, my five year old, he be acting like he the big brother too. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. She gonna grow up. She's gonna have two big brothers and one little brother who's a big brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could be yep. setting the tone, and um, that's good. That's real good to see that. So you know, and being a mom, I saw you. Um, you know, your kids. You you were very involved. Your kids are graduating from different grades and and moving on. So you're still out here doing these video shoots and still yeah. balancing this stuff with your kids. So that's good stuff. How did you get into this though? Let's let's talk about real quick how you got into this.
4: Yeah, sure. So um, it all honestly, it really like. To be real, it started back when I was like six years old. I've been doing singing, dancing, actressing. I played the piano for like seven and a half years. And the determination back then um, was so strong. You know what I'm saying? And then even as I got older, it never died. So I was like, you know what? I was like, let me just pursue this now that I'm older. At the time, now we talking back in 95, 96. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my dad was, you know, he was a little strict and stuff. So, you know... Um, I wasn't able to really pursue it as, as bad as I wanted to back then. So now that I'm older, it's like, yo, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to go all out too. So,
3: <laughs> Nice. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So we've got this music video, but again, we going we want to mention tomorrow night, 730 North Attleboro, the church wood gallery in North Attleboro. tickets are only 10 bucks.
4: Yeah, ten dollars, and it's actually um, Thursday night that I'm
3: performing. Oh, at it's Thursday, Thursday night. It's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Thursday, night. June thirtieth. It's sitting right here, June thirtieth, in front of my face too. Uh, Thursday night, and then again, July twenty second is at the Middle East Club, and that's going to be. Um, there's, I think, there's several other performers there, but on June thirtieth, that's a that's a good card because I believe you're there with maybe with four other artists. I believe Remedy yes. Stone is on that ticket. Remedy Stone is yeah. on that ticket.
4: I believe so. I believe so. (laughs) But I can't wait to meet all these artists, so I can't even lie. I don't know anybody, so being out there networking and meeting people, it's going to be dope.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're going to be looking forward to it. Like I said, we're going to be out there Thursday night, Sinister One, and um, this first event, June 30th, Artists on the Rise, Brian Katie Welch, 508USA.com. He's presenting. He's a promoter. And then, as I said, on July 22nd, is the middle legendary Middle East, Pillsbury, who usually does stuff at, at the jungle. He's now doing stuff at the Middle East, which is in Cambridge. It's a legendary place yeah. to go and be and perform at. How, how are you feeling about being at the Middle East? That's, insi- you know, it's always a great place to perform form someplace where hip hop legends and rock legends have performed at.
4: Yes. Um, honestly, this is gonna be my first time going there. I never been there um, before, but a lot of people's been giving me a lot of good reviews about it. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people go out there and, and perform and stuff like that. So I can't wait to get out there. Like, it's an exciting feeling, you know what I'm saying? So, and me just starting being an upcoming artist out here now. So it's like, it's a blessing. Really, it really is.
3: That's good, good. Leeds Entertainment, Ned Ned Wellberry, who used to run stuff over there. He used to run a tight ship. It was good stuff. Got to see a lot of good shows over there. Before we get into this video and let you go, let them know how they can follow you, your Instagram, your social. Let them know about all that.
4: Yes, absolutely. So definitely, definitely want to follow my Facebook page. It's my musician and model page, Arabian Queen. Search that up. Like that up. (laughs) Follow that. Throw some love. Show your friends. Show your everybody, your people's family, all of that. Search me up on that Facebook. Search me up on Instagram, Arabian Queen. Um, yeah. Arabian Queen. <laughs> Arabians got four ends. Um, definitely search me up. Follow me. I follow back. Subscribe me on YouTube, Arabian Queen in one word. So definitely, 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 definitely follow me. I follow back. I throw love, support all artists. Like first and foremost, like definitely. So definitely, look me
3: up. <laughs> All right, cool. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna let you introduce your video, and if you get when you get off, jump in the chat and drop your links for people so they can follow you and stuff in there. But I'm gonna let you introduce your video, and then we're gonna let you get out of here, and I'm gonna see you on Thursday night. All right,
4: say less. <laughs> Mommy, say
3: less huh? I'll let you. I want to let you introduce your video. I like letting the artists oh, introduce okay. Their video. Okay, right, So I'll, I'll do that. Okay. <laughs> Bring it in I proper.
4: all right so this is my music video called faithful and i literally like made like put this together on my own the thoughts the ideas the creations the way i was dressed from head to toe where it's going to be at the whole nine definitely definitely check that out so you already know
3: (laughs) all right here we go faithful And I want to thank Arabian Creep for coming on. And after Faithful video, we're going to take a quick break. And I'll be back with First Tuesdays, a week early, with Robert Resnick, Ken Diesel, here on The Booth. Here's the video right now, Faithful. Nice on the beat. Every
2: time that you come through
0: Alright, it's your boy Sinister One, broadcasting
3: live from the City of Champions. You are watching The Booth, and I've got my two guys on right here. Right now, i got to thank Arabian Queen for coming on the show. Again, June 30th, Thursday night in North Attleboro at the Churchwood Gallery, July 22nd, Middle East. Uh, Real quick, in the news booth, before we get into this, uh, one person, actually now three people have been arrested. Uh, They showed up in court. For the murder of 16 year old Leedson Montero Terry. Um, this was a high profile story. Um, it was very heated in the, in Brockton courthouse on Monday with this, his mother, Tasha Terry has been very vocal on social media. It was very, very heated. Um, and my prayers and blessings still go out to his family for the loss of his 16 year old son, but this is going to be a highly watched murder trial, depending which way this goes, we're going to get into the legal booth real quick. Uh, We're here today, and I had a lot of topics to talk about, but then they called an emergency January 6th hearing for today because of some evidence that was brought to them, and the evidence that was brought forward to them that they felt that they needed to not take the day off and get out there was from Cassidy Hutchinson, a former senior advisor to Mark Meadows. If you guys don't remember, Mark Meadows was Donald Trump Jr., President Donald Trump, last chief of staff and the testimony that she gave today me and me and me and our squared were in our little private chat here and we was like whoa and I, you know we're going to talk about some of these things uh we're going to talk about last week i had a story that i kept over because i knew these guys were coming on at the first of the month Ginny thomas who's the wife of uh justice clarence thomas um, she actually did correspond with John Eastman regarding the election scandal. This was information that was revealed last week during hearings. But after today, after today, I, I, I'm going to say that you know some of these things are light compared to the things that came out today and the people involved today. Um, also in the January six hearings that they held over Enrique Tario, Proud Boys had drew up a plan to storm the buildings on January 6th. Now, my opinion has been since day one that Enrique Tarrio was responsible for bringing down the drug cartel he had worked in association with the feds back way back when. My opinion has been that Enrique Otario has been a federal informant for this whole situation. Now, after listening to some of the stuff that came out today, in hearing that the Proud Boys had met with Trump prior on January 3rd and how they had mapped things out. And now we here on this show, we talked before January 6th. We had a show two days before. And we had said, wow, it's kind of weird that Enrique Otario was picked up during a live broadcast for burning a flag. And I thought, man, that's strange. That's weird. That's funny and i still feel like that was the government's way of getting their informant out because what we're hearing today from these hearings is that a lot of people knew there was there was people who knew this was going on there are some things now that make sense and falling into place so originally i originally was going to talk about how they had this surprise hearing pop up today today that hearing pops up and there's a lot of crazy things that we need to talk about so again First Tuesdays with my guys, Rob Resnick, Ken Diesel. Um, Ken, you were in court today. Were you able to see or hear any of the things, the craziness that was just unveiled today?
5: Yes, we did. As a matter of fact, what happened was I actually was in court. And during one of the breaks, a number of the people who had uh, iPads and iPhones and smartphones were actually – replaying on YouTube and breaking news what was going on. So we got it about 20 minutes later.
3: Head we were spinning. We, be honest, were, we, was, was some of the stuff that was being said, were people's heads spinning?
5: A lot of us didn't believe it. A lot of us said, yeah, yeah, no, this is clickbait. <laughs> no, well, as quote, unquote, this is just clickbait media. Someone's well, looking for a headline, looking for clicks, because there's no way this can be true. And then we saw the testimony and we said, oh, my freaking God quote a friend of mine he is don John J Trump is one ambitious ausa away from an indictment for treason
3: well so me and our squid have gone back and forth over this um over the years in the in the in the four years of Donald Trump you know the first year wasn't as bad the, the last two years of Donald Trump me and me and I squid went back and forth on this show about things that he was going to be held accountable for and I've always kind of felt that Donald Trump would never be charged with anything because you have to protect the American democracy. And I've always felt that. But now I in these in this last year and a half, I've I'm kind of leaning more towards of what our Squid has been saying with we have to protect democracy and have to do the right thing and charge this gentleman because of what we felt was going on. Our Squid We talked about this, about things coming back to haunt them. Tweets. We talked about the fact that there is a possibility that the FBI, CIA, and everybody knew that this stuff was planned and things were allowed because they wanted to hang these people and and hang them out to dry. Um, You felt that they wanted to build a big enough case to hang Donald Trump. So I'm going to ask you right now before we get into this discussion. With what we heard today, do you feel that there is enough to start indictments for criminal prosecution?
6: Well, first, let, let me clarify the record. Uh, what, what I said back at the, at the time was not that they knew what was going to happen, that there were certain people inside that knew. And that's what the evidence was today. What, what happened today was not at all a surprise. Anybody who's been paying attention for the past year and a half said, this is the proof of what we all believed had occurred. And so, you know, the 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 very quick summary, so we don't get too bogged down in the details at this point in the show, but the the very quick details or quick summary of what happened today was that there was evidence presented from a highly credible witness, a witness who has been a career Republican uh, staffer, worked for Steve Scalise on the Hill, worked for other people on the Hill, uh, wound up working in the White House for Mark Meadows when he moved from Congress over to the to the White House and uh, Uh, You know, no, no anti-Trump, no anti-Republican, no pro-Democratic bone in her body. In fact, she was very sad. If you watched her testimony, she's very sad throughout her testimony. She was reluctant, except she knew it was her duty to tell the truth. And so uh, what she confirmed today was that then-President Trump had ongoing communications. His staffers, with his knowledge and, and direction, had ongoing communications with these groups, with various individuals, with General Flynn, with uh, Stone, with others, uh, where they were planning to actually have a coup d'etat by storming the the Capitol, by doing an insurrection. And and that's what came out today. Now, you asked me, I I won't go into more detail because we'll probably talk about this uh, as we go, but you asked me a question about, is there enough to prosecute? There are two problems, first, when you are working for the Department of Justice as an assistant U.S. attorney, a, a deputy AG, any, anybody at that level, you have to know how to read a case. You have to know how to assess evidence. In fact, any prosecutor at any level has to learn how to do this. And that is not, not is what do you believe, not what do you know, but what can you prove to a jury of average people beyond a reasonable doubt? And so that's a hard standard. And you know there are obviously jurisdictions that are far more ethical or, or strict or conservative in their approach to that standard and, and others that are more flippant and throw anything in court and see what sticks. Um, but when it comes to setting a precedent of this magnitude, the first time we would prosecute a, uh, a, a president of the United States, albeit a former one, uh, especially for crimes this serious, you know that not only do the powers that be have to be convinced that they do meet that standard of being able to prove every element of the offenses they wish to charge beyond a reasonable doubt. Each and every element must be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. That's not easy to do. Uh, If you supervise prosecutors, you know how you put them through the ringer to demonstrate Mm -hmm. to their superiors how they're going to do that before they're ever allowed to file charges. That's what I used to do for my people. And so you know, we would war game all the elements and make sure that we actually had proof beyond a reasonable doubt on every element or we didn't charge that crime. And so when you're going to set a precedent by prosecuting a president, uh, you know that you have to be even higher than that. You can't mm. risk losing. Now you could lose a couple of charges if you win on other charges. You don't have to win everything, but you have to win some of the serious offenses or else it's a terrible mistake. If Donald Trump gets prosecuted and walks away a free man, then this was a colossal mistake because the only thing that happens is an even worse circus. And, uh, and, and, it, and it looks like you know, it, it fuels the, the arguments of this is all partisan and witch hunts and, and that garbage. My personal assessment, having sat through today the other hearings over the past couple of weeks and following this process from day one, I believe that there is sufficient evidence. Now, is there sufficient evidence to prosecute the president? I think today that was the final piece of the pie. Now, I don't, I'm not privy to everything else. Remember, what was presented in these hearings was very proper, very professional Uh, But it wasn't in a court of law. In a court of law, there are defense attorneys. They're going to. And Ken knows, you know, I was a defense attorney for a while. Ken is a very accomplished defense attorney. When they get their chance, whether there are legitimate holes in the story that they find or they're just going to find things to exploit because it's their job to do so, all of a sudden it plays out differently. So I don't know that we're ready to prosecute a president of the United States. I think there's evidence there, but I'm not privy to the case file to know if they could withstand uh, the type of attack that's coming.
3: Ken, do you want to add to that your thoughts if you think that this is where, where we need to proceed? Absolutely. What
5: Rob said is absolutely true, especially the points he makes about making sure you do this right the first time because you're not going to get a second chance. And again, he's right about the fact that it looks great now, as long as no one's shooting back at you. Uh, and trust me, if I was the, if I was Donald J. Trump's attorney, I'd have a you field day. You might be Ken. Everybody
6: else has said no. <laughs> <laughs>
5: well, I think my calendar's a little full right now, but there 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 are a, a, a bunch of holes you can punch in this. This woman was never in the room when the decisions were being made. She, she she heard a lot of stuff, third-hand hearsay. Now, granted, she was hearing it from the chief of staff. She was hearing it from Rudy Giuliani. She never saw Donald Trump in a planning meeting with the Proud Boys prior to January 6th. She never claimed Trump said, hey, we're going to go storm the Capitol and we're going to take you know a couple of people out, including Pence, we're going to hang him. Never said that. So there's a there are some room to run. But, and here's the big but, I think this was a huge, huge step forward in the right direction. You've got people who are very senior, who are there saying that at very least, Trump wanted to go over and support the people while their instruction is occurring. I think that bridge has been crossed. The question is, did Trump know about the instruction prior to January 6th, or to quote the famous Senator Baker, What did the president know and when did he know it? It appears that Trump knew about what was going on prior to January 6th. That means he knew about the conspiracy. The question is, what exactly did he know what they were going to do? If he knew a bunch of people would simply go to the Capitol and protest and say, stop the steal, while disgusting, that is perfectly legitimate exercise of First Amendment rights. But did he know they planned to cross the threshold and go into the chambers and try to stop the count? That's a $64,000 question. I do, however, think there is enough to start handing down indictments at the very least <clears throat> for accessory after the fact, maybe conspiracy. And once you get those going, somebody's going to flip. Somebody when they're looking at 50 years behind bars, loss of pension, loss of rights to vote, somebody's going to talk who was in the room. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's John Jr. or Ivanka or Rudy Giuliani, because he's a Glenchman. And that guy's been that guy has been hung out to dry. The other problem that no one is talking about, and I think Rob, you raised this in the private chat, is what is Donald Trump's mental state right now yeah. is he competent to be placed on trial now we have said this before none of us are psychiatrists or psychologists but he is exhibiting certain tell signs of mental illness given his age are we won't run the risk of trying to establish the fact that he is mentally competent to stand trial and if he is can we actually try him Concerning his advanced age and mental health issues. And that's a legitimate question that I think we need to ask before we actually get into whether we're going to indict or not. I will say this. I am not surprised about what came out today. I am surprised that it came out. And there's a big difference between those two things.
6: Let me ask you this. Uh, I agree with what you said. Uh, first of all, I think you could say the same about Giuliani, whether he's competent to stand trial. He's suffering even worse than Trump, I think. But, but right. what, what, I, what I found compelling today, this can go to both of you, but I'm wondering if, if, what Ken thinks about this as evidence of Trump's knowledge or intent, because that's the hard part, is how do you prove what he knew and what he intended? And part of the evidence today was uh, the means he went to incredible, unprecedented, violent means he went to to try to get to the Capitol by one way or another. He had told the rally he was going to go with them because that's what his intention was. Giuliani told everybody that Trump was going to go with them. In fact, days in advance of this, he was telling everybody, wait for January 6th. Trump is going to look so strong. He's going to be doing something. He's going to be right there with them. So, So the plan from Trump's planners, if you want to call them the Watergate plumbers, his Watergate plumber people, uh, you know, was to put him front and center at the Capitol that day leading this insurrection. And so it wasn't that he thought he was going to lead a peaceful protest or a tour of tourists of the Capitol, like they tried to say. What what we found out today was the Secret Service said, no, you can't go there. It's a, it's a madhouse. We right. can't protect you. And then they, and and he insisted on going, and they said, okay, then we have to drive you. You can't walk. We're going to drive you there. And then they found out that uh, the police had spotted uh, people, you know, not just armed people in the crowds, but snipers in trees. These were MAGA people, these were his Proud Boys and and others. Uh, armed, you know, not just armed, but, but taking defensive positions in trees as, as if to lay down cover fire and take out law enforcement. And so when they said, Oh, Mr. President, we, we definitely can't bring you there. That's an incredible threat. I mean, there are armed people in trees and in defensive positions. He said, They're not there to hurt me. In fact, Trump directed that the magnetometers, the uh, you know, metal detectors, be removed because the people with weapons wanted to be able to get in with their weapons the magnetometers would of course go off and and they wouldn't you know they'd have their weapons confiscated And trump said take them away let them in with their weapons they're not there to hurt me meaning they were there to hurt somebody and and yeah. you know it was probably yeah. the democrats it, i don't know if it was mike pence at that time but then the the the, the last thing you know on this particular uh, argument is When uh, when the chance of hang Mike Pence came, whether that was planned in advance or not, you know, based on what Pence wound up doing uh, and they went to Trump to say, okay, you know, now you've really got to do something. This is bad. This is getting more violent. Trump said he deserves it, meaning he deserved to get hanged or whatever they were violence they were going to do to him. So at that point, he certainly adopted the violence and adopted the intentions of, you know, an, of an insurrection, you know, so it, it, it may be hard to prove conspiracy and, and, and what happened, but he certainly, as Ken said, as an accessory, perhaps, um, I'm not sure, but this evidence today was incredibly damning. I don't know, I'm not 100% certain it'll lead to a prosecution for the reasons Ken and I have said, <clears throat> but how does this not you know, once the, once the public digests this, and I realize uh, half the country is not even paying attention, but how do people not digest this? How does this not disqualify him with a significant percentage of the population?
5: Well, to answer, if I may make two comments, uh, mm-hmm. Rob, first of all, I think the problem is what makes sense to us doesn't necessarily make sense to everyone else. And as a criminal defense attorney, I would say. His statements are less that of the statements that oh they're not here to hurt me goes to his ego because he thinks everyone loves him doesn't mean doesn't necessarily mean that he planned them but mean the fact that you know Donald A. Trump's got such such an ego that no one would ever regardless but, of their but,
3: okay but but let's go back to the Proud Boys comment that he had with the stand down and that and now you you I I feel like he knew. I feel like he, this was planned. I don't feel his ego at this time. I think he knew. That's my opinion in this matter. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
5: Hold, hold on a second. I'm gonna, there's a As Rob pointed out, there's what you know and what you can prove. And my point as a criminal defense attorney is I don't care what you know, but his statements don't prove that he knew. All it proves is he's a, na- a malignant narcissist, which he is. Mm-hmm. However, being a malignant narcissist isn't a criminal offense you can make the argument and if i was defending him that no the reason is not he said he told them he told them oh they won't they, they're not there for against me because he believes that everyone every real american right, exactly loves him. loves him right so it doesn't make a difference whether he knew or not but he just anybody coming down would not would not as for pulling out the magnetometers well that goes to his whole thing that you know anti-gun control thing it isn't because he's pulling the magnetometers out because he wanted them to come with their guns, he just you know this is this isn't a police state. He's making a statement against the excessive security theater that we talk about. So those see, are now
3: things. here's where I'm here's where I'm hating the defense attorney and Ken. <laughs> I, I
6: love but defense this is, attorneys this is, that go that far. But this far. is
3: yeah, but this is but this is why I have you guys on because people are going to see how they're going to spin this. Now for me, you know, right out the gate today, um, as soon as she's giving her testimony, Donald Trump goes insane on true social he's berating her he's calling her a liar now i've seen this type of activity from trump supporters and those we have deemed trump americans where they don't care what trump does all they believe is in trump we've deemed that title trump americans um there's this thing that i've seen with people we're all watching this testimony Trump supporters and Trump Americans who watch this testimony. I had someone on my page. They said to me, I said, you do realize that this is the most partisan. There are more Republicans calling each other out during these hearings than anything. And they said to me, one person said to me, that's Nancy Pelosi behind the scenes, pulling all their strings. They're all rhinos. All of a sudden, all these Republicans <laughs> bar who has testified Pence, who has testified, um." Uh, They hung Lauren Brobert out to dry, which she deserved because she got hung by Liz Cheney. Man, Liz Cheney destroyed her. I was was like this. Go ahead, Liz. Go ahead. Let her know. Let her know. This craziness in the mind of some of these Trump supporters, it's here. It's in your face. You're hearing this. You're seeing this, yet you still don't want to believe. What kind of person says... Pelosi's behind the, behind the scenes pulling everybody's strings and controlling all them like puppets. Are yeah, people Like that would work on Barr and all those people, you know? These people were loyal to Trump right up until the last day. And you said it, Rob, you said someday common sense has to kick in and shame on you for waiting so long to do it. We're seeing a lot of people right now because the ish is hitting the fan right now. And you've got people coming out to work. They're not going down for Donald Trump. And all of a sudden, these Trump-Americans and Trump supporters, I saw Jordan Klepper question some people, and they're like, I heard someone say, Ivanka testimony was a clone. (laughs) What do you say to that craziness, guys?
5: You don't. You see, here's the problem. You're trying to use logic, reason, and evidence-based theories on a turtle. Okay? Have you ever tried to explain physics to a turtle? (laughs) It's kind of (laughs) hard. Okay? You can't. Winston Churchill once defined a fanatic as a person who can't change his mind and won't change the conversation. And that's what you have here. These people have, um, have already decided what the truth is. And anything that
0: tends to disprove that or contradicts it is clearly a lie. Okay? So these people are never going to get it. They're going to go to
5: their graves. Believe but that's ch- Yes, it is. And that's the problem. We have reached a status in this country, where to quote George Orwell, and I'm taking it out of context, and I know I am, so all of you literature buffs can, you know, get off my back. Ignorance is bliss. Okay. They know they can't win an argument using evidence. They're gonna get their, you know, I've had arguments with these people. You know, they're the tinfoil hat brigades. We used to call them back in Jersey in the day. These people believe, you know, that fluoridation of the water is a communist plot. Okay. There was a great movie called Dr. Mm Strangelove. Okay. Classic, classic. Right. And one of the characters, General Ripper, (laughs) I'm not making it up, had what we would call today sexual dysfunction. And he was convinced that the reason he was impudent was the communists were dousing our water supply and taking away our purity of essence. Now, we can look at that thing and laugh our tails off. If you haven't seen the movie, you should go see it. It's hysterical. But those people actually believed it. And this is what these Trump supporters believe. They are convinced that this election was stolen. They are convinced that Nancy Pelosi is pulling all these strings. And if you don't agree with them, you're a
3: rhino. It, it's okay. crazy. All of a sudden, everybody's rhinos. I, I'm sitting there and watching people's timelines. I'm like, okay, they're all rhinos now? Like, Ba was your hero, and all of a sudden, he's a rhino. This person's a rhino. That person's. And let's talk about this because in Florida, and here's my opinion 2024 is coming up, and you still have people out there that are pushing this whole trump 2024 i don't think so i think the republican party and rob is down there right now in this state i think it's going to get ugly and the reason why the republican party is about to get ugly is donald trump thinks that he's going to get the nods in 2024 he thinks the republican party is going to back him and he's out of his mind because in my opinion, I think the Republicans are going to get full force behind DeSantis down there in Florida. And that is going to make things even messier because Trump, I think, is going to lose his mind if they don't back him in 2024. I think this is going to get even, I think the the worst is yet to come. Because um, we're seeing it down there in Florida. He's he's getting a lot of heavy Backing, a lot of stories nationwide down there, DeSantis. What are your feelings on that? R-squared.
6: Well, I mean, it's no doubt Ron DeSantis has been running for president now. Uh, he, he had always intended to do that, and he's made no secret about it. He has an ac- incredible war chest that he's uh, amassing. Um, you know, he uh, most of the things he's doing in Florida – at least for the second half of his term, have all been directed at a national MAGA base as opposed to doing things for the state of Florida. Uh, I mean, I never never liked or respected him as a governor, but his first year in office was not awful. Uh, He did some things that were decent um, because he was trying to be a governor, but once he committed himself to running for president, every single thing he does is not about the state of Florida. In fact, a lot of it is bad for our state uh, but he's doing it to, you know, get national attention, to get support mm-hmm. from MAGA mm-hmm. people to, uh, you know, t- as you can see, he's got a steady rise in the polls. He's beaten Trump in the last couple of polls. Not that they matter this early, but it's, it's, it certainly gives him hope and it gives people a reason to back him. So th- th- this is serious. It's serious business. Uh, if, if I could just can I just add one thing to the discussion yeah, sure. we were having, not not to go backwards, but I just wanted to add no, one thing. No, because go ahead, go ahead. I, I don't know. I don't know if our listeners uh, all were able to pay attention this afternoon. One of the other very interesting things that came out was what happened when Trump was told that his limousine was going back to the White House and not the Capitol oh, yes. because they had to get him in the limousine. He attacked physically, violently attacked His White House counsel, Mr. Engel, who was riding with him, uh, I mean, I mean, violently attacked him. And he also attacked his Secret Service agent, uh, attempted to choke him, strangle him because he was trying to get the wheel of the limousine from the back seat to steer it towards the Capitol. (laughs) I mean, this guy was in a rage. This is what Ken was alluding to when we said some of the mental health issues that came up today, some of the new evidence there. And. Um, And then there was other evidence about him throwing throwing food against the wall in his private dining room because he got angry at some of the things uh, that that were happening that day. But, um, you know, this idea of a violent attack in the limousine against his White House counsel and against the Secret Service agent uh, and trying to, uh, you know, forcibly take over the limousine. um, That's that. I mean, you know, again, it, it's unprecedented, but it just shows his mental state. I mean, that's really unhealthy. It's not even something to relish. It, it, it's awful that he was that outraged. But this is, again, what the plan was that he had to be leading this insurrection. You see, this is this is some it, it's circumstantial, but it, it, it he was so convinced that he had to lead the insurrection himself. He had to be there at the Capitol. Even if he had to be driven there, he was willing to do that. And when the limousine went to the White House, he flipped out. So I just want to make sure people know that that was part of what yeah. came out.
3: Yeah, and, and then there was some other crazy stuff. Uh, Frank Zanowski, a police officer from Brockton, he was on this show with me, a former co-host of the booth. He came on here. And, you know, me and me and Frank are close friends, but Frank was a he's a Trump supporter. He's a he's a and like I said on this show, Trump you can have you can be a Trump supporter and then you can be a Trump American. There's two different things on the show. Frank is a Trump supporter, but he also knows about common sense. And Frank, who was also in the military, he also believed that anybody who was in the military or was a police officer that went down to January 6th, who lost their jobs, he felt you deserve everything you get. What you did was wrong, number one. Um, what we found out today was scary. What was scary about today is that we had found out that some of these Oath Keepers and Proud Boys, which these groups we know, they have people who have military training and police training. And some of the stuff that came out today, these guys took up defensive perimeter positions. Strategic. Not just they just went wherever. They took defensive strategic positions to where the secret service, the Capitol police were all on their radios. They let you hear the conversation. Um, these were men who were in trees. Uh, two of the men, one had a sniper rifle, one had an AR 15. Um, there was another situation where a man was in the tree. He was holding a, a Glock. Um, and you know, they have these people on camera. These people are going to answer for these things. There was in March I had talked about this whole double standard in our in our in our world. And the double standard was was we had these issues in Michigan where these white men and militias were allowed to storm the Michigan State House twice on two occasions. And I said, This is a deadly, deadly thing to allow. We need to nip this in the bud, or bad things will happen. And this happened. And Ken will will vouch for this that Again, you know, a lot of people have said if these were people of color, they wouldn't have gotten away with this. And people always say, well, it's their Second Amendment right. You could do this. Now we're talking, Ken, about people in trees with AR-15s taking up defensive. You can't use the Second Amendment defense here. You can't say that they're practicing their right to carry. This, to me, when you set up defensive Perimeter, secure positions. You're ready to go to war. You're ready to commit an act of violence. This isn't about you. That only
5: applies to non-white, non-Christian, non-rural, non-Trump-supporting Americans.
3: Oh, oh, you went there.
5: (laughs) Would you like me to go there again?
3: Oh, you went there. Uh, for those people who can just Uh, talk about and, and and mention them out right now. Sit down. Mm. Mm. Ken went there. And he said, do you want me to go there again? Like, <laughs> oh, I mean, I squared these civilians don't learn this stuff. Granted, yeah, you can watch a few YouTube videos and whatever, but some of these things that were done so- were learned through people in their ranks who were military and police officers. That's scary. That's scary. And you, you've, many go ahead, many you. of
6: the people there, there was a scary number or percentage of those who participated in the insurrection, not just the protest, but the violence that were former or even current military and law enforcement. That is a national disgrace. It is a disgrace that anybody who engaged in law enforcement or military service would even think of participating in something like this, no matter what happened. Uh, that it, you know, they, they were a disgrace to the uniforms they wore, they were a disgrace to the communities they're from, they were a disgrace to the families whose name they bear. Uh, they're just a disgrace on every front. Let me add one factor to this because otherwise we've said this before and I'm preaching to the choir. General Flynn, you said, how do they know about that? General Flynn helped them prepare the insurrection. He talked to them. That is that is a part of what I believe we learned today. Uh, they played during the, the, the hearings, General Flynn invoking the Fifth Amendment on some very basic questions. Mm-hmm. Remember, he was pardoned by Trump for everything he did previously. And so the insurrection was new stuff that he, that his pardon doesn't cover. And uh, and, you know, they asked him a series of questions. Now, they only played a very short clip, but what they said in the testimony was that he, he had invoked the Fifth Amendment on just about everything. There was nothing he was willing to speak about, but they gave a couple of examples. When he said, you know, was the insurrection, of, you know, morally right, and he took the Fifth Amendment, it's because he helped plan it and supported it. Was it legally right? He took the fifth because he knows it's illegal. He knows it's a crime. He, he's not a stupid person. And, you know, other stuff like that, he took the Fifth Amendment when he when when uh, I forgot Liz Cheney's exact third question, but it was, um, uh, oh, do you support do you support the peaceful change of uh, transfer of power after an election? He took the Fifth Amendment. He couldn't even say that because we know, remember, he called for a coup. He was one of the first people to call for a coup. And and again, he's a smart person. He knew that it was a big lie and he still got out in front of this. He is, and I said this on the show, the very first time I was on with you guys or one of the very first times I was on years ago when he was first getting fired from his job, because Mm We knew then he was a piece of garbage. He may have been the biggest piece of garbage to ever wear a United States Army uniform. I'm embarrassed that I served in the same military that he did. He is a disgrace to everything that, that we that we hold holy. And, uh, and, and it's too bad he's not rotting in a jail cell because he of all people deserves it. Uh, and it's too bad that he's not stripped of his pension because he doesn't deserve a darn thing. He doesn't deserve to ever be referred to as general, which is why I don't refer to him as general on the show. Uh, he's Mike Flynn. Um, and, uh, but the, the fact of the matter is that uh, he supported a coup, and he talked about, uh, remember, even before January 6th, he talked about calling out the National Guard, he talked about having the military take over, he talked about all kinds of things that were grossly illegal, grossly immoral, against the oaths that he took many times, And so if you say that even though some of the people in the insurrection had military and law enforcement experience, they also had the benefit of Michael Flynn, former General Flynn, uh, advising them, helping them with planning. And that's why he took the Fifth Amendment, because he had nothing else to hide.
3: And I see Ken nodding in agreement. Um, If we can't prosecute Trump, who? Who ends up becoming the Ollie North of this generation for this for this January 6th? Who do you guys think? He's already plugged well, the fist, so he won't be the Ollie North. Who's going to be the Ollie North to take the fall? Will it be Giuliani? Because his name is getting trashed.
6: It looks like Eastman is the guy that's probably going to be going down as the ringleader because he was openly uh, and very well known to the investigators as kind of the guy that came up with this this idea, this uh, you know, what did they call it in Wisconsin, the Green Bay plan or something like that? The mm-hmm, Packer mm-hmm. plan, you know, that Navarro was was joking, not joking, was expounding on uh, Ari Melber's show. And so, uh, you know, I think I think Eastman is going to be one of the people and, and he deserves to be because he did, in fact, plan a lot of this. Uh, will they get Giuliani? They should. But again, I don't know if he's competent to stand trial. Will they get Mark Meadows? Uh, I don't oh, know. Mark yeah, yeah. Meadows, you know, Mark Meadows, we, we saw a lot today that he just sat there. Now, did he sit there because he had talked to Trump and, you know, whenever they came to him and said, we got to get Trump to stop this. And he said, I've, you know, Trump said he won't stop it. So in other words, it's not, it, what was he supposed to do? But I, I don't know. I, I think he's guilty, but I don't know that they can prove anything all that serious on him. Right, I hope, that, right. I hope <clears throat> that they take a close look at him um, because he's a disgrace. And, uh, you know there there was you know there are some others, so we'll have to see.
5: Well, hold on okay. a second. I, I I don't think there is gonna be an Ali North at this generation because remember, Ollie North was their poster, uh recruiting poster marine. He was the guy to go out and save America. And I despise Ollie North, I think it's a disgrace to the uniform, but the man had a certain CV, he'd been there, he'd been in the military for almost 30 years. He had put his life on the line. He was a fairly intelligent mammal, not very intelligent, but fairly intelligent. Miss, he was a, a felon. He was a, he clearly was doing things that he knew were illegal, but he also never denied it. He said, yeah, I went out, and did it. I thought I had the president's backing. I don't see that level of credibility with any anybody of in Trump's inner circle. If I may co- quote uh, the, the There's a show on HBO hosted by John Oliver called Last Week Tonight, and he's been referring to this entire thing as stupid Watergate. I don't think there's anyone in the Trump crowd that's going to be Ollie North because it's stupid Watergate. They're incompetent. They don't have the gravitas that Ollie North did. Okay. And frankly, you know... (laughs) I don't know, how do I put this? There was a, uh, a, they were the gang that couldn't shoot straight. They look like my clients. These are people who are (laughs) so utterly and completely incompetent, thank God they were. Don't misunderstand me. Because if they were competent, we maybe would have faced a coup. They were so utterly and completely incompetent. It was the only thing that saved us, thank God. Um, I'm not not suggesting anyone should learn from their mistake and do it better the next time. But I don't think there is going to be an Ali North this generation. And I think the problem with the cult of Trump is there's the cult of Trump. There's no one to replace him. There's no one coming up behind him to take the Trump mantle. I think when he goes out, his followers can go out with him. They're not falling lockstep behind his successor. If you look at the races in Alabama and Georgia and Florida, the Trump... uh, what, what'd you call them? Trump Mary, Trump Americans? Trump, Trump Americans,
3: are, yep. Trump, Trump Americans,
5: Americans are eating their own young. And I'm enjoying every bloody minute of it. Don't misunderstand me. I think this is great. But I think he's a one-trick pony. He's not gonna run again. He's made it abundantly clear he's not gonna run again. I don't think he wanna run the first time. I don't think he had a great time running the first time. He got humiliated twice. Remember. When he won the first time, he lost the popular vote. And when he right. actually won the Electoral College, he, lo- he looked like death warmed over. When he lost the second time, to sleepy Joe Biden, uh, his ego couldn't take it. I mean, he's going to be what, 76, 77? Mm-hmm.
3: About that, yeah.
5: He doesn't have the stand on do that running for presidency, young man's game. I couldn't run for president. I don't think I have the stand on I'm 20 years younger than he is. Mm. um not to mention the fact that if he runs for president all this is going to come up again it's going to drag down the house and senate races right now the republicans look like they're going to take back the house and the senate you know say what you want but that's an issue for another day but if he runs in if he runs for president again that's going to be the de- democrats right up there with the uh, with the abortion decisions it's going to be the, to be the, the democrats opening salvo looking right down into the white house And I am
3: almost wish he'd run for president again. Z-Man's in the chat. What's going on, Z-Man? Travis Prodigin's in the chat. What's up, George Baines in the chat. Z-Man says, shit, run for president, Z-Man for president. (laughs) A throwback to when Z-Man was on the show. Uh, We're at actually 801. I got to get into a couple of topics here before we get out of here, but I want to get these in real quick. Uh, Entertainment booth will return next week. I've got nothing. For entertainment booth, sports booth, I do just have to mention a couple of deaths. The Baltimore Ravens lost Tony Siragusa, defensive lineman, the Goose. He was a great broadcaster. Also, linebacker Jalen Ferguson was found dead, possible overdose, 26 years old linebacker. And the Patriots announced that they're going to go back to the future with throwbacks this season. I can't wait, but I'm torn because I don't wear Nike and NFL and Nike. That's the official uniform. Uh, Brittany Griner, she has full support, full partisan support from Congress. Um, They're making the push to get her released. She will have her day in court July 2nd. She's the political prisoner who's being held right now from the WNBA. And we're going to get into the Biden bombshell so I can let these guys talk a little bit about this Ukraine stuff. Uh, Last week, the Senate passed a bipartisan gun deal. For the first time in three decades, giving Biden a huge win, but at what cost? We got our bipartisan gun bill reform, but then just hours later, they overturned Roe v.ersus Wade. So, one hand usually watches the other. You take it as you see fit, but that's how I feel right now. One hand watches the other. Hey, we're gonna give you this, but we're gonna take this, and that's that's kind of how I feel. And that Roe versus Wade is for a whole nother show. But I want to get into the Ukraine invasion stuff real quick here for a little while. We're going to go a little bit over and discuss this with, with my guys. Um, this past weekend, Ukraine invasion, top story. A mall was struck by Russian missiles. Um, I think it was 13 people were killed. Um, people are very upset because this isn't a strategic military installation or anything of that sort. It's a mall. It's a civilian's mall. Um, and here's the thing. You don't know if Putin ordered this mall to be shot. You don't know. The reason why a lot of people point to Putin in this mall being shot at is because the G7 is actually going on this weekend over, over in Europe. Uh, the G7 is where military leaders and, and leaders all get together and speak about things. And one of the things that's being spoken about this G7 is this invasion of the Ukraine. Um, People are saying that Putin actually did this to make a point. I'm going to ask God Square, do you think that this was a point being made to those who were attending the G7, or do you just think that this was just something that was just done?
6: I'm not convinced that the timing was intentional, but it it actually doesn't matter, because throughout this uh, invasion, you know, Russia has committed significant war crimes, uh, acts against, uh, you know, crimes against humanity, what have you. The fact that they that they intentionally, uh, you know, fired missiles at a, what they knew was a crowded shopping mall far away from the fighting. This mall, it wasn't like it was a near miss of a target they were going for. This mall was uh, outside of Kiev and the fighting is in eastern Ukraine right now. And so they had no reason to even be in that area, to be even targeting in that area. They did it on purpose. That's what matters. Whether it was aimed at the G7 because Putin wants to get back into the G8, I mean, that's not going to happen anytime soon. So what was the point? And the NATO meetings are just starting now. Biden just got to Madrid today, and the NATO meetings are going to start. And that's when we're going to hear all of the... uh, you Know the latest and greatest from NATO on, uh, you, you know, uh, Finland and um, Sweden, Sweden joining, yes. and yep. and you know, new packages of aid for Ukraine and and you know, new sanctions and, and other things. So, uh, you know, that meeting hasn't even started yet, or I guess it has now, but it hadn't at the time of this at this mall uh, attack. So, to me. This is just another one of Russia's atrocities. And and there are two things here. Russia is playing the long game, okay? They can outlast Ukraine because what Russia knows is that the American people and the European people will get tired of this. Uh, we already are. You notice it doesn't get nearly the coverage or attention that it used to. And I realize these hearings have been excited. I mean, we were watching them today. Um, I I wish that there were still some more significant updates and analysis on on Ukraine as much as there are other important stories. I mean, the Supreme Court decisions were big, uh, political news is big, there's so many things happening in this country that we're not really focused on this anymore. And what people see is we've had these, you know, billion dollar packages uh, continually going and people are starting to say, how many of these packages can we send? How much longer can we send weapons and munitions and other forms of aid and assistance to ukraine uh especially when we have this you know economic issue with inflation and other concerns and and ukraine is you know this conflict is related to that
3: well i so, just advanced the uh i just advanced the picture for those who are watching and seeing it what what ask is talking about for example uh u.s purchased an advanced missile system that's going to be sent over to ukraine for defense so go ahead yeah
6: so the so the point is how much more is are the american people and the European people being willing to do, especially at incredible sacrifice. And so if you study national security and foreign policy and military policy like I do and you guys are interested in and, and others, then you would say this is absolutely in our national security interest. We have to do this. But the American people aren't going to think the long game. We have a very, very short memory. We have a short attention span. we, we get easily distracted, especially when we're, when we're looking at financial issues. So Putin is saying, he can just commit these atrocities. He can just, you know, initiate his his battles in the eastern part of Ukraine. And eventually he's going to have the ability to, to you know, to do more. So, you know, Ukraine is still doing a heck of a job fighting back. Um, but if it's a game of attrition, you know, I, I, at, at some point something's going to give. And, and that's what makes me nervous.
3: And what do you guys think about the rumors? Because some of the rumors coming out of Russia that I've been really paying attention to and I think is going to play a lot into this is the stories about Putin's health. Now, they just released a story that for the first time in almost months Vladimir Putin was seen making a public appearance, which is something we haven't seen in so long because the rumor is is that he's suffering from blood cancer, which is not which is not good. It's not good for anybody. Um the fact that his health is bad and um, I guess he, he did almost collapse two weeks ago. He was at some type of meeting with people, and I guess the report was is that he almost collapsed, and he had to be rushed out. And obviously, his health is not good. Is this something where maybe behind the scenes where they're just waiting for his health to just dwindle? Because the person who supposedly is supposed to take over had already said that if he gets to take over, he's pulling people out of Ukraine. He's, he's pulling the troops back. I forget the gentleman's name who said that, but... Your thoughts on that, guys, if you have some something on that.
5: Well, again, it goes to the fact of how popular this war is in Russia, and it's simply not. Putin went in with the idea it be a quick war, in and out, take care of business. That has turned out not to be true. It's draining the Russian economy. It's draining the Russian armed forces. <clears throat> the middle class is not really for the war. They're not speaking out against it because they can't, because Putin's got that sewn up. And I don't think there's a lot of support in the senior leadership of Russia outside of Putin. They're not going to go up against him. Don't misunderstand me. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying is, are they going to continue it after he's gone? I find it highly unlikely. If you look at the Korean War, one of the reasons the Korean War ended the way it did is because Stalin died. He was the big proponent of keeping it going. Once Stalin died, Khrushchev and the rest of the Soviet decided this, was, this was, wasn't worth it. We are not going to support the Koreans anymore, and that's why you wind up with what you have today. Now, the myth is that Eisenhower threatened to use nuclear weapons. He probably did threaten, but the Russians didn't care. Uh, well, the North Koreans actually didn't care. Again, with this, I think Rob's right about playing the long game. I think Russia. If they decided to commit themselves to the long game, would win. I just don't think they got the Russians have got the stomach for it outside of Putin, and I don't know what Mr. Putin's health is like. You know, we've been hearing he's been dying for thirty years. He's like uh, Hyman Hyman Roth in right. Godfather Part Two.
3: He's been dying in the same heart attack for twenty years. So, oh man, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, we were able to get. Everything done. We were able to talk about everything we wanted to talk about. Again, these guys were on here. Um, we some of us had some things that we got to do next week. Again, Monday is July fourth. People, we are already in halfway through the year. This is insane. July fourth is next week. It's <laughs> and, and uh, we won't. I'll be on Tuesday. It would just be me. But these guys came on a week early, and I'm glad to have them on because it's weird how things work out. You know, these guys. We had decided to come on this week. Weeks ago, I think the last, like a week after the last show, we had decided, and then all of a sudden we're we're coming on tonight a week early, and we get blessed. I mean, I don't want to say blessed, but I mean we get the ability to talk about what is one of the biggest stories on the day that it happens, which well, is Well, that's January, because me a few. Nancy like, Pelosi owed hey, me a go. few favors. <laughs> Ha <laughs> Ken! Good job, Ken! Yep! Oh, man, the Trump-Americans are mad at you on Facebook right now. Oh, man, the Skip Clays and all them. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Um, people, y- you've got to watch. R-Squid says it best. The best is to form an opinion and... And I've always said do your homework, but Ken always says is be you know, these guys have always said, get informed. Pay attention. Don't come out here and throw out stuff in the wall and see if it sticks. Everything is right here for us. These hearings right now. A majority of people who are being grilled are being grilled by Republicans. They're not being grilled by Democrats. they these are Republicans who were at the Capitol on January sixth. And guess what? These Republicans are pissed. And I got to ask you guys, what do you guys think? We're seeing this raw emotion. We're seeing and feeling this tension. What do you guys think it's like to be in this Republican Party at the Capitol leading up to this? This, this, The tension has to be unbelievable as to, like Osquid said, you come to a time where you got to say to yourself, I can't live this lie no more. I have to use common sense. What do you guys feel it's like being at that White House right now? The Biden White House? Or I mean you still have Republicans there. You still have Republicans, you know, in Congress and in this, you know, in the Senate. You know, this tension has to be there. I, oh, I, Barack, I, go? It, I mean, I, I think
5: if I may quote Thomas Jefferson when he was talking about slavery, it's like being having a wolf by the ears it's an untenable situation to be in but you dare not let go hmm. so I think it's they they don't know where to go they're looking for someone to end the pain you know I wouldn't be surprised if they're very happy if T- Donald Trump dies of a heart attack tomorrow
3: <laughs> oh Jesus <laughs> oh man I swear you want to add to that Yeah,
6: I think that uh, I think there's a lot of frustration. I think that you've got two problems. There are still some establishment or traditional Republicans out there that believe in a conservative ideology and don't like this and want their party back. Uh, They're being drowned out by, you know, we used to just think that there was this MAGA thing or this Trump cult thing. I no longer really think that. I think what we have is that, you know, it may not have been what the original intent was as the Republicans were doing this uh, power seizing thing, knowing that they were losing the demographics, that the country was changing and they were becoming the minority party uh, that they that they realized decades ago. And Democrats were too naive to see it happening early enough uh, that they had to play power games with the gerrymandering, the safe districts, the the you know, they were they were planning election stealing you know, all kinds of stuff like that that we've seen. And so I, I feel that when you have a group of people that, uh, that know that they're losing, that they're losing demographically, that they, that they are the minority of the country and the minority of the states that they control even, uh, what we have is a we don't have a Republican Party. There, there's, a, there's a small vestige of the Republican Party that's probably fighting for its life Uh, being drowned out by what has become not the Trump cult or the MAGA crowd. That's just where the where the violence is coming from. The the new party that you have is a Christian nationalism, a fascism. And and I've never said that on the show. I've never believed in the whole fascism thing. I thought that was hyperbole until recently. And, And as I see the arguments, as I see the overwhelming resort to violence and intimidation to, as, as just the abject dishonesty without exception. I mean, they're not honest about anything anymore. And, and you look at who's behind it and you look at the fervency and you, and you look at the lengths they're willing to go to, the deception, the violence, the what have you, there's no other conclusion now that you have a, a minority of the country maintaining power over the country uh, by using the electoral system, by using, um, you know, decades of gerrymandering and what have you, and another power, you know, voter suppression, all the things that we talk about on the show. And this this is really a new nation, Christian nationalism in this country. Ken kind of alluded to it before when you talked about who gets in trouble for showing up armed. Um, that's kind of a symptom of, of this whole thing. and uh, And I think that's the problem that we have right now. That's the problem
5: mm. that we have. Man. I believe, is, I believe the term you're looking for, Rob, is the Christian identity movement.
3: Is yeah. What ooh, they've become. Ooh, 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 ooh. Y'all, y'all ain't holding back. You all ain't holding back tonight, man. Because that's the Great. evidence. The evidence says that. <clears throat> you know. Mm. you all going to end up in hearts. Facebook jail. you all going to end up in Facebook jail talking about the Christians like that. <laughs> No, because most Christians
6: are decent people, but we're talking about a political movement that has its roots right. in, in, in a conservative Christianity. We're not talking about the faith as a whole and the Christians that I know are decent people, but I'm talking about a, a political movement, not a religious movement. Right,
3: right. And we and and, we, and that's gonna be held for the next show. We're gonna we're gonna table this discussion about <clears throat> separation of church and state, which we're seeing a lot of this. Go bye bye right now. There's some things that have come down these last couple of days in churches and schools and churches and city halls and things of that sort where we've had for so long this separation of church and state. And now the Supreme Court is now tearing away at that, you know. So we're going to get into that. Uh, Let me get into these hats and beanies. I want to thank everybody for supporting the beanies. uh, All sold out. I also got to mention the shows that I. Been involved with and produced She Talks Football podcast. Happy Hour with Lito, Matty C Sports for you and me. Oscar Mike Radio coming up on episode 200, 298 with me. will be on this Thursday night. Talk back with Gloria Shea. She's on a hiatus until August because um, she's doing Sugar to Play. Drafting the circuits. I just spoke with these guys. I'm trying to actually get together with these guys and do a show together with them to talk about EVs in the race world. I think this is a big change that's coming. And also, July 27th, Viana Marie and myself will be at the 413 Biker Girls Bike Night Wednesdays from 6 to 9, July 27th. And there'll be the possibility of being a video shoot on that night, but still want to come down there to 413 Biker Girls for Women Empowerment. Also, August 12th is the release date for Viana Marie's new album, it's personal. So I want to make sure everybody comes out, checks us out. And I'm going to let you guys say goodbye so we can get out of here. I'm going to start with Ken Diesel first. Well, once again,
5: I'd like to thank all of our listeners, all 12 of you. And to the rest of you folks, stay informed, stay safe. We'll see you next month. Happy 4th. Last
3: uh, Yeah.
6: You know, And and thanks, everybody, for listening. There's a lot going on out there. We don't always have time to do it justice in the short time that we have together. But it is July 4th, as Ken said. That's the birth of democracy. That's what it really means. Let's preserve it. Let's fight for it.
3: And before we get out of here, I'm going to just say, I was in the chat, and I was, I hate to say this, but people, I'm very worried about July 4th. I know July 4th is a day to get together, barbecue, go see fireworks, and have a good time. But for me, I'm worried. And I'm going to say why I'm worried is because some of these nitwits out here and these militias, you see them walking around with the 1776 shirts and hats and stickers on their trucks and stuff. The scary thing is, is that, and Osquid wrote about this on his Corridor page. You guys can go and look at it. Some of these nitwits have adopted the Patriot motto 1776 as their new battle cry. And as R-Squared said when he came here a few weeks ago and visited this place and was able to go look and see Lexington and Concord and all these places, and R-Squared said it best, these guys that are out here today, they're no patriots. They're no patriots. So I'm very worried about our July 4th this year. So please, people, be safe. Be safe. And I'm, I'm praying that these nitwits don't do anything on July 4th to try to make their voices heard. I just, I just, I just want to put that out there because I, I, am in fear of this, and and I'm worried because you know you're seeing it, you're seeing it all over the place with this 1776 stuff. So, anything you want to add to that before we get out of here, you guys? Good. Good. All I'm right, good. people. Want to make sure you guys tune in next week. We'll be here. I'll be, I'll be here. Other than that, SpongeBob, do me a favor. Take us home.
1: Well, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to The Booth on
2: Hoobazoo and HatcherRadio.com. Please follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. The Booth is a Sinister One production hosted by Sinister One.
3: I've got to start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics instead. It's just that I'm up on this level up here, and all my friends are down here. Me, meh. You guys, meh. Maybe a little more down, down in here. Screw you guys! I'm going home. I smoke, I
2: drink, I do my thing. These bitches hating, so you know I got to make it plain. Don't do cocaine with your chick. My main, we stick together, true forever. Yeah, you know we bang. I miss those days, which was easy. If only I made it. Bitch, don't repeat. Now that I've been upgraded, I've been and Y'all think I'm playing. And I gotta hit now for these weak hoes who think I ain't slaying. Try me, try me, and I'll probably end up laughing, cause I never back down. I'm that chick with a clean ass whip. I don't need that shit. She's like, I'm on own now. I get
0: hurt, I get tired of fuss and fight, guess I gotta crack down. Don't mess
2: with me, cause on everything, I'ma have to bring the whole city out. W H O O B A Z O O, that's it, wizard.com. W H O O B A Z O O, that's it, wizard.com. W H O O B A Z O, that's it, wizard.com. W H O O B A Z O, that's it, wizard.com. W H O O B A Z O, that's it,